thanks for being with us for the week ending March 26th. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment on the podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Grant, do you think you can kick us off on the markets? Yep. Stocks are at an all-time high, as there was an optimism in the air due to the vaccine rollout, which went to over 50 million vaccinated and approximately 92 million receiving at least one shot. So, things are going back to normal, and the market has risen because of the demand for stocks, as people think companies will earn more now, pushing them higher. As we talked about last week, the sun came out, and with the vaccines, it just felt like we were moving in the right direction. However, the Suez Canal got tied up with a huge 1,300-foot ship that got blown into one of the banks of the canal and blocked the entire 1,000-foot width. And tugboats are on their way. Normally, 50 ships pass through it a day, which after five days means that 250 ships haven't made it. There are over 5.5 million barrels of oil a day and 3.3 million tons of cargo a day passing through the canal. If there's a lower supply of oil, expect gas prices to go up. It may also mean a possibility of manufacturing plants shut down. If they don't get the supplies needed, they won't just sit there. Plus, there's a good possibility COVID materials are in there with the other stuff. But things are optimistic. The S&P, which is a gauge of the U.S. economy, as we know, hit a record and the Dow continues to do well. The Nasdaq has been down the last two weeks, but don't worry about that now. Bitcoin dropped over the last two weeks as well and is around 55000 And the day trading account didn't move since last week. Apple did claw back 1% and ended the week around 121. As we looked at some interesting stuff in the news, we saw President Biden cancel some student loans, which is a great topic. Why do we even go to college? Well, we want an education, but we also want to get a job where we can have a life that's full of everything we want, including a house, cars, and enough money to do all the fun things we want. That would include buying video games, vacations, and more, right? Plus, we want to enjoy and feel a sense of fulfillment. So, College is a huge decision. It really helps us start our life on the right foot, and it doesn't mean we have to go and do it forever. Most people change their jobs over a dozen times, and it's not always the same type of work. We clearly talk about saving and investing for the future, and last week we talked about how you have to spend less than you make. That means unless you're crazy wealthy, you have to earn a living. Sometimes college is absolutely the right thing to do, but it's not the only thing. And we want to make great financial decisions, because when we invest, we look at how much we spend on an asset, and we want to make sure we get our money's worth out of it. College is no different. Many people have to take out a loan to go to school, because it's very expensive. Usually, it's tens of thousands of dollars each year. If you're debating if college is for you, it's important to seriously consider that the money you borrow will have to be paid back. You don't want to borrow money and invest it in yourself if you quit early and don't reach your goal of a better career. There are lots of statistics that support about half of all students who start college do not finish. I often advise people to start at a community college, if uncertain at all. Usually, you can transfer to a larger university if you're able to show you're doing well. Sometimes, it's actually easier to get into the college you want if you start at a community college. It's less expensive, 
And you get to hear from professors who've done the job they're teaching you. They call them practitioners because they've practiced those jobs. Plus, living at home while studying is cheaper than living on campus. Yes, you may miss out on some stuff early on, but when you transfer to the university and live on campus, you'll catch up. The community college is a very viable approach to see if it fits. So, it can make a better financial decision, but lots of people get in trouble. Part of it feels like it's because as kids, we have to know what we're going to do by the time we're 18. I'm not sure I'll know, but YouTube has tons of videos, and you can research on which career fits you best, and which career will continue to grow or decline. Dad showed us a list of 30 jobs that are growing and pay well. It's pretty nice to know that a job will be needed in the future and pay well. The bigger question is trying to evaluate the cost of college and what you get back. There are studies that show many people don't know how to determine whether the amount someone spends on college is really worth all the time, effort, and money. Hey, overseas, people aren't pushed to go to college. Many take tests, and your score determines whether you get to go to college or you should go to a trade school like a plumber, electrician, or other trade. It's very different. In the 15 minutes I took to Google Return on Investment for College, there are tons of tools. I've found that there are college scorecards, affordability, and transparency information, all from the Department of Education to help anyone see the different costs at each school. There were many other tools to help make a better decision as well, so you have to use them. Harvard costs more than a community college. Harvard is about $50,000 per year, and Columbia is over $60,000 per year. That's without the expenses to live, like your apartment or dorm, and food, books, and other stuff you'll need to pay. I want to have a little fun, too. Plus, it might be fun to come home, and if I'm out of school far away, I may need to take a flight, and that is extra money as well. It may not be the most fun thing to be the only person staying at school over the holidays when everyone else has gone home. So, understanding the cost of your school and what you'll get out of a school is important. Hey, if you go to Harvard like our uncle, he's gotten some really cool jobs. He says it's helped him, and he lives in a really nice house. He probably got a good return on his investment, even though he spent a lot of money. He had to borrow a lot of money at first. That's good debt if you're investing in something that will grow and bring you many returns. The Bureau of Labor and Statistics shows that the software developers are in high demand and earn over $100,000. There are going to be lots of new positions, and as you know, I love computers, so maybe I can help develop some new games. Just like any investment, you have to do a couple things. First, ask yourself which asset you want to buy. In this case, it's a college education. When evaluating an investment, you ask yourself how much does it cost to buy it? This is where you do your research, what type of degree you're looking for. When I went back to get my MBA, I could easily rank each school by cost. I could also see the average salary coming out of those schools as well. I eliminated a large number as I was already making significantly more than the average. I had other considerations, but that's one of the main reasons I went to the University of Chicago. The time, money, and effort was the best for my return on investment for the time that I put into it. President Biden canceled some of the college debt a couple weeks ago. He simply didn't cancel everyone's debt, but he did do it for 72,000 people. That's less than one half of 1% of all the people who owed money. It was around $1 billion, or less than 1% of all debt. 
There are actually 45 million people who owe money for school, and it's estimated to total around $1.7 trillion. A lot of it is guaranteed by the government. But for these lucky individuals, they were getting their loans forgiven because they were deceived about what they were told about the school they were attending. Some of it was illegal. They already filed a claim previously. It was approved, but only part of their debt was forgiven previously. I guess some were told they make a lot of money, but that wasn't true. In addition, if someone started at a school and it closed suddenly, that would be another reason for forgiveness. Some people are happy about it, especially the 72,000 who don't have to worry about it anymore. But Biden promised to help, and some people think it's a big problem that people got into such debt and have no way to pay it back. It is the second biggest debt category behind home mortgages and ahead of credit cards and auto loans. As discussed, the first 100 days of a presidency sets the tone of what the president will do and wants to get done. This is part of it. When debt is forgiven, it's like free money. It's usually taxed, but in this case, it isn't. Many people feel like it's the beginning of relieving the problem. Some think he'll forgive $50,000 of debt per person, but it sounds like he may be willing to push through $10,000 instead. Others aren't happy because they believe they paid their debt, and why should everyone else have to pay for it because it comes out of tax money? Approximately 75% of students who have debt are under $40,000. The largest concentration is the $20,000 to $40,000 range. It can add up, I know, but I had to help a friend who had over $500,000 in student debt. Crazy smart person and has a lot of degrees. We made some big changes for him because there are several programs out there. It can get confusing, so get help and get some relief. The key is to truly do your homework before picking a school and picking a degree. We have to take responsibility and guide our children. My mother was clear about our choices, IU or Purdue, and a doctor, lawyer, nurse, engineer, or accountant. All of these would get you a job and you can get a certification. In-state tuition was cheaper. She said she wasn't there to be my friend, but she had to do her job to make sure I could take care of myself. I'd say she succeeded. School is a huge decision. It's expensive and has long-term consequences. It should never be taken lightly. I'm sure dad will continue to help guide us through this maze of possibilities. Or he may just take grandma's approach. But it's important to start saving now for it. The rule of 72s is important. We've spoken about it before, so Google it or go to our YouTube channel, which is EduCounting, and you can see the two-minute video on the subject. When speaking about savings, we learned a good lesson this weekend. Dad bought a bike. Due to COVID demand, we know what happens to the prices when demand is high and supply is low. Since it was a nice day, there were tons of people buying bikes. Dad asked the salesperson to throw in a $17 kickstand. First, shouldn't all bikes have kickstands? I guess it adds weight, and with the new equipment, it's harder to put on a bike. Anyway, if you know you're going to make a purchase, especially a big one, there are better times to buy. Out of season. Dad paid full retail, and it about killed him. This is the beginning of the bike season here, so no free kickstand, no discount, full price all the way. Based on Dad's experience, don't forget to buy summer clothes in the winter and a ski jacket near the 4th of July. Hey, if you want to buy a boat, think about it in the winter. Yes, you may need to store it, but if you really want to get a low price, that may be good. There are opportunities galore. 
Thanks for being here, and please like, comment, and subscribe. We'll see you next week. Bye! Bye.